Thank you. Have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're following the Timberwolves' fifth straight lit, fifth straight win. Excuse me. We're live following the Wolves' fifth straight win. Marty Gellner of Bally Sports North joins the show to break down Wolves Pacers. The Locked On Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Marnie Gellner of Bally Sports North is with us to talk through the Timberwolves' fifth consecutive win. And honestly, Marnie, this was easily my favorite Timberwolves game of the season. Hands down, it was a ton of fun. Back and forth action, big dunks uh, from both teams, timely three-pointers from both teams, really kind of haymakers being thrown back and forth, especially in the second half of this game, a lot of fun offense, competitive defense, really just a joy to watch overall. It was a joy to watch. It was the most entertaining win of the season, the most complete win of the season, the most balanced win of the season. And I think coming off the heels of the Miami game where the effort and energy were not there in the first half, to have the effort and energy there from start to finish tonight was significant. It was great, great effort by the, by the Wolves. Yeah, it really was. And um, I, I mean, like, I guess my biggest takeaway, if I, if I had to pick one thing, it's, it's that on offense, the ball movement was fantastic throughout the night. And we can talk about turnovers. We probably will because that was an issue. But I think that was more function of the Wolves just overpassing. They were so, so intense on moving the ball and playing exactly the way that Chris Finch wants them to play. It has been pleading with them to play all season that at times they overpassed, but, but the, the ball movement itself was contagious. I thought it just like missing shots or making shots can be contagious. I think ball movement, making the extra pass certainly can be as well. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a huge part of it. We'll talk more about him too. This was one of his better games of the season. Carlton towns early in the game, especially they had a lot of um, they got a lot of baskets on, on, on cuts to the to the rim, D'Angelo Russell, um, Ant, Torian Prince, they all got into it as cutters early in the game. And, and that's a big part of offensive ball movement is just being, a, you know, making yourself available, you know, cutting to an open space on the floor, helping out a teammate who's stuck in a bad way on the floor, or just simply, you know, generating ball movement, you know, that way, just finding an open spot, flashing to that open spot, getting a pass. And I thought both sides of it, both cutters and and, and willing passers were active throughout the night. And that was a big part of, of uh, what got the Wolves offense going. Yeah, and whoever thought we'd be talking about this team overpassing right. in a game when um, the the phrase that Chris Finch used so much at the start of the season was sticky. The ball's getting mm-hmm. sticky. It's getting stuck, and we need to move it. And whatever he's been preaching or showing them on video came all undone tonight. It, wh- whatever the magic formula was, the Wolves had it tonight. I think the key will be can you keep that going? Can you play like this every night? It helps when you're, when you're making shots. The starting five was 68% from the field tonight. Wow. The team was over 60%. It was, just, it was just a really good night. Everything gets better when you make shots, but when you're passing like that and making the cuts like you talked about, Ben, you're getting better shots. So chances are you're going to make more of those shots. So it's all tied in together. And it was all generated 
by the good passing, the quick passing, the cutting, all of all of that team. Let's call it teamwork, a team win. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Early in the game, they clearly were trying to get Rudy Gobert involved. We we know, you know, the other night he had zero field goal attempts for the game, didn't even attempt a free throw until the final couple minutes and came up big, of course, late in that game. But in this one, the Wolves, I think the first set, they tried to get Gobert a look. And I mean, multiple plays they ran for him early. And it was reminiscent of the first couple games of the season when they were almost force feeding the ball to Rudy Gobert. And it didn't necessarily work early in the first quarter all that well. Um, I know the Wolves jumped out to an eight nothing lead, but you know Gobert was part of that. But then it really, what I think it did is it got him involved throughout the game. He was ultra active. He had four offensive rebounds. He finished with twenty one and sixteen. It was really more just like, hey, let's get Rudy involved and make sure he's locked in. And uh, I thought he was really good on both ends, especially offensively and on the glass in this game. And and, and again, the focus to get him the ball early in the game, I, I thought was really smart from Finch and from the Timberwolves uh, offensively. Yep. And Finch said it in his postgame press conference that he intentionally ran the first play of the game for Rudy. Finch said uh, something like as, as a nod to what he did for us on Monday night or maybe what we didn't do for him. That's kind of my translation of it too. Like we see you, we know you're there. We know we got to use you. It was like Chris Finch's nod to, yep, we get it. So he intentionally ran the first play of the game and maybe the, the entire team put an emphasis on finding, they clearly, clearly the team put an emphasis on the paint, on getting into the paint, on feeding yes. the paint, on cutting through the paint. And obviously Rudy Gobert is going to be a big part of that, but they ran that game plan and Rudy was not nine for 11. They had alley-oops. He, he looked really good in this game. And I think the 11 field goal attempts coming off of the zero was pretty important. It was a good yeah. Rudy game. It really was. And you mentioned points in the paint. The Wolves almost doubled up the Pacers in points in the paint, 74 to 38, uh, which is just incredible. And, you know, the Wolves have done that even when they haven't won. They've done a pretty good job of controlling the paint. Um, it's been more a lot, you know, when they've lost, it's been more about missing open jumpers and, and rebound often, you know, second chance opportunities for for the opponent. Um, and, and they shored up those areas in this game, but I thought the points of the paint was a huge deal. Uh, third quarter, the Wolves, I should say at halftime, the Wolves were only up by five, and it felt like they should have been up 15. It was just the sloppiness, the turnovers, et cetera. But then third quarter, it was there was just this really kind of fun sequence where Miles Turner kind of went off for the Pacers. He hit a couple of tough threes. He, um, I mean, he he had a big dunk at one point. And then the Wolves managed to basically kind of swing right back. I mean, there was a big uh, Carl Anthony Towns dunk. The Wolves hit a couple of threes. Just a lot of fun basketball back and forth. And the Wolves ended up coming out of top, coming out on top in the quarter, leading by 10 going to the fourth. But that was a pretty pivotal part in the game on the road against a team that had won five in a row coming in. And they, you know, we've talked so much on the postcast throughout the season about struggling to respond to adversity and the Wolves responded in this game and, and the third quarter, yep. and I think Towns yep. and Edwards and, and D'Lo, really everyone was a big part of it, but um, to, to take Miles Turner's best punch and, and punch right back, I thought was, was really impressive. And do it on the road yes, in an arena where the crowd was just waiting to explode because that was a terrible shooting night for Indiana. They were in the twenties for a lot of the first half. They ended the game at 38 point something percent field goal shooting. I mean, that is horrid in a home arena. And so, you know, those fans were just waiting. And when Miles Turner made a couple of threes, it got 
loud in a hurry and the momentum swings were there, but the Wolves almost always had an answer. So they had met that adversity, met it positively. And I thought just the fact that it was so evenly balanced that there wasn't one guy that, boy, as soon as he sits out, we're going to be, we're going to be in trouble because it's Carl's got all the points or all the momentum. It was, that's the beauty of having such a balanced game that the opponent can't focus on one guy, take that one guy out of his game or, or when you sit him, you, you got to find a way to patch it. The starting five, the range in scoring went from 15 to 23. That's it. Dilo was on the low end with 15. Carl was on the high end with 23. And in between there, every starter lived from 15 to 23. And I just feel like that puts so much pressure on Indiana to be able or to not be able to take a player out of his game because it was the next guy that was going to hurt you then. This was just a, such a well-balanced all-around game. Yeah, I want to talk more about D'Angelo Russell. First, let's talk about our presenting sponsors at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right. You mentioned D'Angelo Russell, and uh, I thought he was, this is one of his better games. And, you know, if you don't watch the game and you glance at the box score and you see he had five turnovers and you see, you know, uh, one of four from three or whatever, maybe it wasn't as clear. But if if somebody watched all 48 minutes of this game, they would see a D'Angelo Russell who is making the right play more often than not. A couple of those turnovers were just kind of silly, like, throwaway type deals that, that are kind of fluky. Um, he was, for the most part, making the right play, making the right decision, making the extra pass, um, playing within himself. When the Pacers gave him space, he was making jumpers. Um, he even scored at the rim a couple of times, which he doesn't do a lot of. The, and he finished with 15 and 12 plus three steals. He had one really important steal at the end of the of the second quarter, I think it was, right before halftime where he got uh, he picked the pocket of whoever had the ball for the Pacers, took it the other way and got a layup. And that was right when Indiana was kind of trying to build some momentum going into halftime. I thought D'Angelo Russell was really good in this game. I do too. Courtside stats had him for 15 and 11, but either way, I mean, that I, I thought it was his best game in terms of game management and game distribution, because sometimes he has a tendency to either look for his own or do so much dribbling that you just, there's kind of no flow. And I thought he just did such a good job of, getting it to different guys in different spots and different situations and just kind of managing it that way and distributing and kind of paying it off evenly. And not the, not the typical way we look at D'Angelo Russell. We don't typically think of him as this game manager. We think of him as this dynamic scorer, but tonight I felt like it was kind of a game management game distribution game for D'Angelo Russell. And he thrived. He shined in that. Yeah. And I thought he was really good defensively. The effort level there was really good. And and that's something that we saw. I thought last year, actually, D'Angelo Russell was pretty solid for, for chunks of the year defensively. And we've seen a couple games like that this year. I thought this was a really good example against a team that has good guards. Speaking of defense, um, kind of the last thing I want to cover was how good the on-ball defense was from Jade McDaniels and, and Austin Rivers, um, especially on... Uh, Tyrese Halberton, who is a complete non-factor in the first half. He's averaging 20 plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the second half, Benedict Matherin was a monster in the first half. 
and they pretty much locked him up in the second half. So really the Pacers most dynamic scores, it primarily was McDaniels and Austin Rivers, a little bit Torian Prince of the first half before he, he uh, got injured right before halftime. But um, the Wolves perimeter defense, and D'Lo, you could throw him in the mix, too, in terms of guarding sure. uh, the Pacers ball handlers. Those guys were all really aggressive and physical on the perimeter, and, and that was huge. And you mentioned the Pacers struggling, you know, shooting the ball, making making shots. The Wolves' aggression and active hands and physicality on defense, I thought, was a big part of that. Yeah, and you mentioned Matherin. He had 16 at halftime in mm-hmm. five in the second half. Yep. Buddy Heald did not shoot the ball well. Tyrese Halliburton did not shoot the ball well. And I shouldn't say didn't shoot the ball well. The Wolves prevented those guys from shooting the ball well because it, you're right. It was it was a good night, especially for on-ball defense and especially for the guys that came into this game with big, pretty big numbers. Like Indiana gets a ton of production from the backcourt, and Jaden McDaniel's was fantastic. He actually was great on offense, too. McDaniels had five dunks in this game. He made eight shots, and five of them were dunks. That was a career high. They were just – I mean, we're rattling off stats. Like, we we don't have we don't have postcast long enough, Ben, to give you all the positive Wolves things that happened in this game. Yeah. That's a good it, thing. It absolutely is. And, and, I mean, if we're being honest, this is the first time I think we felt – like certainly this positive. We talked out the top about it was the most entertaining game. This was easily the Wolves' most complete game, and I know Chris Finch said that post game as well. Um, like turnovers is the only thing you can really point to, and as we covered early uh, on the postcast, is that that was more just a function of of overpassing. They were they were sharing the ball so well that they committed some you know careless turnovers. But yeah, like we could sit here all night and just talk about the box score because the the, the Wolves shot sixty one percent from the field, which is just insane. And Jaden McDaniels had five dunks. Ant had at least two or three dunks. I know Cat had a dunk. Rudy had three or four. Rudy had um, three, yeah. Yeah, it was it was just a really, really solid all-around performance on both ends of the floor. So uh, next up for the Wolves, you know, uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow, and then Friday they've got a winnable game against Charlotte. And, uh, I mean, this there's a real opportunity here. And now this, is this of course, will be the test. Uh, uh, every game it feels like is like a different version of this similar test. Like, how do they deal now with the, this positive game that they play on Wednesday? Can they beat a team that they should beat on Friday in Charlotte and keep the positive vibes going? Um, and that I think is, you know, we'll see, we'll see if they can carry that through. And that'll be a sign of growth or not from this team, because we have talked about that before too. And I, it's, it's human nature. Even if you're a fan, I don't know if you get up to watch a game against Charlotte in the late afternoon, especially if LaMelo ball, isn't going to play, but that's when you need to see your team be like, this game ain't about Charlotte. This game ain't about what are we going to limit from Charlotte. This is game is about are we going to be able to play this way again? Finch uses this phrase that I love that he often says, you are what you can repeatedly do. So the Wolves played a great all-around energetic game tonight. Can they do it again? Can they repeat that? If they can continue to play like that, then that's who they are. But if they can only do it in fits and spurts and you see one of these appearances every couple of weeks and that's not who they are so it's about backing it up now and it's about repeating it and uh hey no better place than charlotte let's make it six in a row thanksgiving weekend let's put another w up 
Yeah, let's and, and that's just basically another I love that from from Finch. It's just another way of saying like, hey, tonight right now is the exception to the rule from what we've seen so far this year from the Wolves, a complete game, a competitive game, you know, playing hard for 48 minutes. Let's flip that and make sure that in the future, you know, a dud every couple of weeks is the exception to the rule. And yes. and and yes. this is this is definitely an opportunity to build some momentum. So uh, we'll, of course, go live after the game on Friday. We go live after each and every Timberwolves game on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe to that page. And also the audio from this will be live or will be on the Locked On Wolves audio feeds on all platforms. And uh, you'll be able to listen to that and every single postcast after the fact as well. Big thank you for listening to the show and we'll catch you next time.